Welcome everybody back to the podcast. How's Hello. everybody doing? Good. 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 Really good. Everybody having a good week so far? I am. Yeah. 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 I just noticed that I'm the uh, standout here and y'all both have Diet Dr. Pepper and I have a cup of something. Diet Dr. Pepper with cream soda. Cream yeah, soda. this is delicious. My new I favorite drink. Yeah. I've awesome. noticed it's going very quickly from the from the church fridge. Yes, so. that one always goes first. I I like it a lot, but I prefer really uh, Mountain Dew Zero. That's it's, also really good. So this is not either of those. This smells is just, like coffee. This is coffee. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Steve Clark has made some hazelnut coffee in the mm. office, which always makes me drink more because it smells lovely. Mm, yes, it, does it does smell good. It does smell good. All right. So we all have our beverages. We're all ready to go. I'm sorry we for are. bringing that up. That's okay. No, that's that's okay. So uh, here we are. We are uh, week two of in-person services. I think we did okay. I think so. I think it went well. Yeah. Everybody's getting their tickets. I'm sorry. I was distracted. Somebody just walked down the hallway, turned around, oh. to realize we were filming and turned around. I was completely, oh, I was completely no. baffled okay. by it, but okay. that's all right. Sorry. Yes. Week two of in-person two of services. In-person. I think they also went well. People are doing great at yes, getting Yes, they are. Tickets. Thank you guys for doing that. I've had somebody say hoops and jumping through hoops. And nah. I'm thinking, jumping through hoops. It should not be plural. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, hey, hoop, get get your ticket. That's okay. right. Well, yeah. No, it's uh, and everyone had a ticket who came and had yes, their tickets, and uh, was very smooth process, yes. very easy process. Uh, yep. I thought we had more people with the QR code, so maybe we had some good uh, podcast listeners out there who who knows who who, who heeded our words. Yeah, right. but uh, yeah. So having your QR codes important. Mm-hmm. Coming in, and so anyway, see, people seem to enjoy it. From uh, yeah. all the all everything I heard, people seem to have a leave with a good time, and yeah, I think got plenty of room, plenty of plenty room, of room. spacing so, them out. Yeah. Everything's going. Everybody, well if you're wondering what it's like, you could go and watch last Friday's video, which is on the YouTube channel. Yes. And I gave little pictures of the cool. auditorium cool. in there that yep. you could look at in the children's area. You can see what that looks like. But yeah, we are socially distanced. Yes, we are. Yes. Plenty of distance. Imagine a room built for 500 that has 80 people in it. <laughs> you know, that may not be a good picture. <laughs> you know where we're not socially distanced? On our subscribers. That's we're almost right. to 1,000. Yes. I was going to bring that up. Together. I was going to bring that up. I saw it on people. your little sheet, so I was, I was giving you a good old segue. Six right. people. We need we six need more. We need six more subscribers to get to 1,000. They don't have to actually want to yeah. listen to us. Call they up your friends. No. And say, would you subscribe? Call your subscribe. neighborhood homeowners association. Get, them, get yeah. anybody you can to subscribe to our channel. Yep. And this time next week. We'll be able to report a thousand about super chat nine ninety eight by next week. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Okay, all right. Well, today we are going to tackle uh, at least one or two questions, and uh, these come from some of the most googled questions about God. Okay, all right. Right. I thought go. Somebody must have these questions. Someone does. Someone. So, or they wouldn't be the most googled. Googled. So we are going to tackle them right now on this podcast. So. Here's the first question uh, that I found, one of the most popular. Does God truly love everyone? And if he does, why? Hmm. Which I thought was a fascinating question to sure. be one of the top ones because the thir- first thing I thought was if someone asks that, then they must have evidence or at, th- at least think there's evidence that it's not true. Okay. Because if they said, really, does God love everyone? And I thought that was very sad. <laughs> Because I sure. thought if someone's having to go to, to Google to find that out, there must mm. be some thought in their brain that maybe that's not true. Mm. Or they think it might be true and they don't like it. 
maybe maybe true. There are that's that. true. people that's, that there are about people, that, there right. people that they they have heard God loves everybody and they're like, mm. <laughs> but no what about? I don't know how He likes them. Yeah. yeah. Wow. True. I hadn't thought about it from that angle. But well, I hadn't thought about it from your viewpoint. I, I'll say a thought that I had of while you were talking about that. That in it's going to be really hard, I think, for everybody to get this if you haven't studied a lot of ancient history or any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. But the fact that anybody asked that question shows how deeply our culture is influenced by Jesus, even right. if you don't know it's influenced by True. Jesus, mm. because there aren't other gods <laughs> that taught by anybody else that anybody ever thought before Jesus that God loved everybody. That's right. True. Yeah. Everybody true. else, there was a tribal God or mm-hmm. there was a God that was over a, a land or a people or a God who did, if you did the right, I mean, in most cultures, God's played with people and they toyed with people. They didn't love people. Right. They mm-hmm. used people. Right. Yes. And certainly not everyone. Not no, all. No, not, not everybody. Not, not every person from Only the anywhere. good people. Mm-hmm. Only the best people. Right. Only the yeah. people that would. And only work. their people in yeah. their tribe and their, or their country or their whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah. So the the answer to that is yes, God loves everyone yes. absolutely. Well, as followers of Jesus, yes. we definitely believe that, and He's our yeah. example of that because there aren't any people that Jesus didn't demonstrate His love for, and then we're t- and, and He, he would even go further. Tells. I yeah, mean, He ahead. went even further to say that the people, because like you said, the tribal gods, and there were certain people that God was happy with and loved, and others that didn't. And then Jesus not only expanded that, He went further. He says the people that you're are your enemies that you would naturally hate mm-hmm. now that that extends to them as well sure yeah uh, and he used that then an example if you want to be like god mm-hmm. he right. said for those in the sermon of the mount he said the evidence that you're like god is not even that you love people who are like you yeah. or love people that love you back or love people that you have a little problem with but you're going to make up with them some point he said mm-hmm. when you can love an enemy yeah he mm-hmm. said then you're being like your father in heaven because he makes the rain to shine i mean right. the rain mm-hmm. to fall on the just and the unjust which when you're trying to raise crops is really important right yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and I mean, most that, most of the gods at that time were some kind of fertility god that was designed yes. for that, that he would send rain he would send that and mm-hmm. so the fact that god was a god who blessed everybody mm-hmm. um so being that his his loving nature, and, and so, so the, when their answer to their question why mm-hmm. is because at his core that's who God is, right. and that's what John revealed to us. Yeah. God is love, and that's the first time that had ever been spoken mm-hmm. as well. Right, that not only does not not that God just does love people, right. He is in His nature that is who He is. Well, and it's that it's it is His central characteristic, and so every other characteristic we know about God, God's power, God's. Uh, God's justice, God's uh, whatever, holiness, it is all an attribute of his loving nature. Right. It, is, it, right. is, it is consumed by, those aren't things that he has to balance. Yeah. He is not balancing his, his, his justice and his holiness with his love. They are consumed by his love. Yeah, people <laughs> often get confused and think, you know, God, God it says God gets angry, and, but God's loving. Well, if you love something, anything sure. that does danger is causes problems for the thing you love. Yeah, it makes you angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, I love my children. Anything that would cause damage to them, mm-hmm. I would not be happy about. Which is why, when Jesus came on the scene and said, "You you love God, 
not by just loving God. You love God by loving people. Right. And I've always, you know, used that analogy of, you know, what you do to my children right. <laughs> re- reflects directly on what you think about me. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the case. That's right. And it's, it's the way God sees it. So we love God by loving the ones next to us. Um, that's how we show it. So I think that, that answers that question. I think God loves everyone because God is love. There you go. Second question that is one of the most popular that I pulled is this. Does God test us? And I would imagine this comes from someone wanting, feeling as if, and this is the way I've heard it from most people, is something happens in my life, typically something bad or something very hard, difficult that I'm going through, and then I hear people refer to it as, well, God must be testing me. And so I think the motivation behind this question is, do things that that happen bad or hard in my life, is that God's active Uh, Is God being active in my life to try and put me to the test so that I can prove something to him or something of that that nature? I I think what's interesting about this question is, uh, and we've actually answered this somewhat in other places, uh, other questions on the podcast, but today, my discipleship group, discipleship plug for the week, uh, we are on James 1. Uh, that was the, the chapter we read today, and that one begins by James saying, hey, when trials and yes. when uh, t- tribulations, these bad things in your life start coming about, you should take joy. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to this bottom, if you get to the end of the chapter, he gets to this place. He says, but when you're going through the trial, don't, mm-hmm. be, don't be tempted to think God is testing you right. or tempting you. Mm-hmm. He says, God's the one that's giving you all the good things in your life. He gives good gifts, and it mm-hmm. says that God himself is not tempted by evil, and so he's not going to tempt us with, these, with this kind of thing or test us with mm-hmm. this. So the answer as far as in the way that you're, you're, yeah. you're bringing it up, that, yeah, absolutely, God does not test us he is the bad things in your life are not god going let me see what let me see what happens here it really does have a lot to do with how you define that that phrase of what does it mean to be because i i could also say well in a in a sense yes because there are things that come into my life that test my my faith or my resolve or my ability to love others and um it gives me an opportunity to almost like flex that muscle which then grows me to become stronger in that. Sure. So in that sense, I could say, yeah, it is a test for me to to come through it and then on the other side be stronger or better or to see some good come out mm-hmm. of it, which we know God does, works good out of evil things. Well, and uh, that's why James says you should take joy in your trials because exactly. it produces perseverance, yes. it produces yes. character, it produces... Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily... God doing the testing, yes. it's God working in this thing go. that is testing your faith to, yes. to bring about something. I've noticed you've pulled up the version app, so you have something to share. Well, I, I always think it's interesting, and I know I'm a contrarian. Everybody always reminds me I'm a contrarian <laughs> by nature, and I am. Uh, I think you all have done the perfect part of getting on the God. Does God actively do it? Mm-hmm. And, I think everything in life is a test, and we don't realize it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part to me is, inevitably, everybody wants when something I didn't want to have happen, mm-hmm. I think God is bringing bad things to test me. But I think, and I've used this as a prayer of mine for some time, uh, the wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs. Solomon says or he has this prayer, and he asks God, um, he says, don't give me poverty nor riches, but mm-hmm. only what I need for today. This is Proverbs 30, by the way, if you want to look this up later. 
He says, otherwise, if I get too much, I might just get proud and disown you, God, mm. and think it's all me. Who is the Lord? Mm. Or if I don't have enough, I might be poor and still and then dishonor the Lord. It's interesting that in a country like ours, and I would say yeah. for the majority of people in our particular area, we are a, a I don't know that people that live here probably can't see it. We're a wealthy county. Sure. We have a high standard of living as a median income. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think people don't see, oh, your riches are a test. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're, sure. you, and you're more concerned about the hard things that come to you and is God testing me with a hard thing? The truth is God... You are being tested every day by the good things that mm. come to you, and more mm -hmm. people are failing the prosperity test yes. than are failing the hardship test. Yeah. Most people in the hardship test turn mm -hmm. to God. Mm -hmm. Most people in the prosperity test turn to themselves and go, dude, I am mm -hmm. good. <laughs> Look how smart I am. Look mm -hmm. how wise I am. Look how hard I work. Look how much my family has done. Look at me. But when we have a hardship, we tend to turn to God. But mm -hmm. that question, and I'm not saying because that's a Googled question, yeah. so Google can't explain to me. Most people think, I'm having a hard time. Yes, sure. Am I being tested? Mm -hmm. Everything is testing you. True. Well, and Everything I think in, in those situations, a good way of thinking even of the word test, because we often think of it in different ways, but it is testing in the sense of revealing what's there. Oh, yeah. Right. That, that, you know, and I think it's actually Jim Carrey who said it, but that he wishes everyone became rich and famous so they could see that wasn't the answer, that mm. fame and yeah. it, that it just makes you more of what you already are. Mm. Blessings often just makes you more. So the, the good thing is, as followers of Jesus, if what's on the inside of us is generosity and love and compassion, then when I have these blessings, as you talk about, I now have more opportunity to do good yes. things with those than I don't. And... If those opportunities get taken away in the sense that I don't have as much, I still have something else to rely on and to pull from. But and that the testing is actually just revealing what's it's like putting, you know, gold into a test, right? Into the fire. To yeah, I've always it, said so. to people when they're starting out, it is way better to learn to give when you don't have anything. Oh yeah. Because you think you don't have enough to give, but it is way easier when you have when you make a thousand dollars a month to give 10% of that mm -hmm. than when you make $100,000. Sure. Because then you go, now how are they really going to make <sighs> use of my money? Is that right. being, I worked so hard for this, whereas you're just so thankful that you make it by, that you go, oh, somebody else might need this, which is yeah. why poor people always give a higher, higher percentage, percentage of their income sure. than people who have more. Yes. Always. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good stuff. All right. On to Sunday. Yeah. Let's talk about Sunday. So Sunday, Jason taught, and we talked about uh, the the passage from uh, Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians where he talks about this thorn in his flesh and the this problem that's in his life, and he prayed multiple times to have God remove it, and every time he gets the response, my grace is all sufficient or is all you need. Um, and really what you were tackling was this idea of we've all had or at some point will have times in our life where there's something I want God to fix or there's something I want God to take away. And what do I do when God says no? And what I thought was interesting, and this is what I kind of wanted to begin our discussion um, about it on Sunday, is the, the phrase you kind of brought out of um, our greatest weakness is God's greatest opportunity mm -hmm. to show himself yeah. strong um, in us. Yeah. So, so 
any any kind of discussion to start there where have you seen that true in your life or in someone else's life or or what is what about that is helpful to us in every moment not just in my moments of weakness it's been true my entire i mean you want to just talk about my my entire career in in ministry and i and and here's the way it normally plays out if if people think that i've got something figured out um whether i do or not if they just think that i've I'm better at something spiritually or anything. It, it's it. I'm not very approachable. I'm not. There's. It's, it's just hard to relate. But if you say those those really important words, me too. Um, I struggle with that, or I, I I'm weak in that area. Well, now it, there's a connection uh, between me and and somebody else, and and I'm able most of the time to to help people along. The other thing that I would say to that is. When I am strong in something and I make it pretty well known that I'm, I'm strong in something, then there's no reason to honor God in that mm-hmm. moment it, because, oh, well, that's you. <laughs> that's all you. But when I'm weak in something and I'm making it through or I'm, uh, I'm achieving something or I'm moving through something, like I said in the message, you know, God does something in your life where people look at that and say, I don't know how they do that. That must be God. Well, then we're putting the spotlight on where it belongs. Mm-hmm. We're, we're shining light on him. People are seeing him. He's getting the honor and the glory for that, which is the whole point and the whole deal anyway. Yeah. Um, that's the way I've experienced it myself. That's great. Yeah, that's true for me too. Every good thing that has ever happened that God has ever done through me has been through something that... Um, if I had been given the choice, I would not have allowed to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that I wish I could have covered up, or I wouldn't have to talk to anybody about, or I wouldn't have to reveal, mm, I'm not very good at that. Yeah. All the places where God has greatly used me have been in those areas where I have to admit, uh, this is a weakness for me. Yeah. This is not a strength for me. Yeah. Um, so. Well, isn't it true? And I know you you hit on this um, kind of briefly, and I think for many people it's easy to kind of brush it off of every day I'm dependent on God, Mm -hmm. or I should be. I should live my life in total dependence on God. Or I should be aware of it. Yeah, and I think people, we brush it off so easy. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. But that is sometimes those things where someone gets through the midst of something horrible and they say, like, oh, that's the best thing that could happen to me. And often it's because maybe similar to what you were talking about of testing, it revealed in me this weakness, this dependence on God I didn't know, I wasn't aware Mm -hmm. that I had. But if I can get myself, and that really is the basic of discipleship with Jesus, is me learning nothing I do is in my own power. Anything, I mean, Jesus very openly before he goes to the cross having his meal with his followers and he says you know i'm the vine you're the branches and he says apart from me you can do nothing and so often we look through that and we just go past it but when jesus says you can do nothing i think he means nothing yeah, he nothing does. of value nothing that's ever going to matter <laughs> yeah nothing's going to matter in your life and we so often i'm looking for the things that i can do and when i need when people say things like uh you know uh, oh, faith is just a crutch. I'll, and I, people kind of will go, oh, it's not a crutch. You know, I'm a strong person. I can do this. And what I want to say is it's not really a crutch. It's more like a wheelchair. Mm. Like the, I mean, it's, it's me realizing I couldn't walk without this. Yeah. 
and I don't have to, and this is your Enneagram mention for the <laughs> week. But that really is the beauty of, for me at least, as the more I've read about it, that you see when you see in the Enneagram, there's this one part where they talk about everything in your life that you have excelled at and, and has made you go is actually not a strength. It is actually your weakness, and mm. you have used it yes. to cope in life. That So for me, my ability, my, my chief coping mechanism as a three is efficiency. I can get things done well and quickly, mm-hmm. and, I can, and I have an ability to mass produce things. I can get things, tons of work done at w- once, and I have always seen this. That's my chief strength. That's what people yeah. like. And what they get to is that's actually your greatest weakness because it actually hinders you in other things. And when you get to a point where you say, I'm going to surrender this to God, and that means I won't be as efficient as I used to be, and I won't be able to stay at the office as long as I used to, and I'm going to have to get rid of this. That's actually when you become dependent on God to say, well, God, this is the only way I've ever felt worth. This is the only way I've ever felt like I could get my way through. So you're saying now I've got to rely totally on you? Mm -hmm. I think that's the moment where in anything, yeah. when you talk about God, you know, my greatest weakness is God's greatest opportunity. That's really where he wants to meet. He doesn't want to meet me in the moment where I'm like, look, I stayed at work an extra five hours every day and look at all the stuff. I And it's easy when for us who work in ministry saying, I did it for God. Mm-hmm. I did it for you. But there's a level of it that I needed to feel important. To. I remember you just remind me of something. I remember, I think I was even teaching this very same passage um, in another message years ago. And um, in the midst of preparing that talk, I, I've, I felt, you know, I believe it was God, lead me to do something in the message that I wasn't comfortable doing. I was, I've never, I'd never done this before, but someone had challenged me. I think it may have been you, Ed, challenged me to be more transparent in my, mm-hmm. in my speaking. And so I did this thing where, I don't know if you remember, if you were around, I brought this bag on stage full of rocks oh yeah i remember, I remember that. that and uh i and i and i didn't address it until the end of the message and, and at the end of the message i basically pulled out each rock and made each rock uh represent an area of my life and i talked about here's where i don't do well in this area and, it, and because the truth is we have weaknesses in every area of life and Absolutely. i talked about here's my weakness with spirituality and my relationship with god here's my weakness as a parent here's my weakness as a husband and what i don't tend to do well and i just laid them all out there laid the rocks out on the stage and it was it was not fun it was it was very emotional for me i almost didn't do it and um I probably have had more people talk to me about that message than anything sure. I've preached in 25 years. And it's because what Paul said is true. My weakness is his, his opportunity to be, be seen for who he is mm-hmm. as being a strong God. Because the truth, like I said on Sunday, is that without God, we, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. We, are being dependent, we are dependent on him in every moment, all the time. We just don't recognize it. That's what I was going to say, and I'm talking about that a little bit Sunday in this series, is that I don't think it's that God can't meet, meet us in our strengths. I think God, you know, obviously he's the one that gave us the talents, the abilities, sure. those kind of things. I think it's because those things, he shines through those things naturally, that it, and it's easy for us that ha- you have a certain talent, yeah. that you can begin to think it's you. Now, you didn't do anything to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody that ever has anything that is a true gift, and you know it's a gift. You didn't have to work as hard. You That's watch right. other people work hard to do it, mm-hmm. and you know, 
That's not as hard for me as it is for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, I'm not saying you didn't work. I'm just saying you didn't have to work as hard as they do. Yeah. You begin to think, oh, I, I, I'm special. It's not that God can't meet us there. It's that we aren't open That's to right. meeting God sure. there. Yeah. I, I like the feeling I have that it's about me. Mm-hmm. I like the way that I feel that this somehow reflects on me. Mm-hmm. It's only in the weekend. Like we were just talking about prosperity and riches a minute ago. Uh, it's, there, is, there is a part of us that wants to, it's the original sin. I want to be like God. Mm-hmm. I want the glory to come to me. I, I like that. Well, and I think that in particular makes it the weakness. That yes. the moment the moment that I because life and that's why I, I think I was trying to get to and I, once again this is I think a Dallas Willard quote so there's that one for but that grace is the jet fuel mm. that yep. powers yep. but the only way grace comes is by me saying I'm incapable because yep. grace mm-hmm. is God working in my life to do what I cannot do. So as long as I continue to believe that I'm bringing 10% to the table or 1% to it's when I get to the point where I go, I'm bringing nothing to the table. I'm bringing nothing to the table and anything good. And I think we've all had, we've talked about this all, I know separately of there are those messages or those sermons you write and you feel like I knocked this one out of the park and then you deliver it and nothing happens. And you you're can like, tell nobody got anything. And you're, when you're delivering it, you're like, yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah. And then you get up <laughs> with something you felt like, this is not great. And you may not have prepared as well as you should have, but then people yep. come up and you can tell it really affected. And I think it's those moments where I get to the place where I realize, like you said, it's not something special about me. It's God working in me. And that's, daily in every in, in my parenting and in my marriage and even the things I think I'm good at if I get to a place where I say it doesn't even matter if I'm good at it what I want to see accomplished and what God wants to see accomplished is him partnering with me mm-hmm. that everything good comes from God yep. partnering with me and I think that's where as you said you know when I get to a place where I say I'm weak but he's strong it's it's not a faux modesty of I have to walk around going, oh, I'm so weak. And mm-hmm. even things other people would look at and look at me and say to me, Nathan, you're really, really good at that. And I could see for someone who doesn't believe in God <laughs> that it might be, a, they would say that's just natural talent. But what I know is it's God working in me to do the things that that's matter. Right. Yep. And it's me having that awareness Mm-hmm. That changes everything, and I think that's where we get to the place of Paul, where he says, "I boast about my weaknesses." Yeah, in every in every situation. Um, but then you had this other part, and I want to talk. Uh, did anyone have anything else to add on mm, that? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So then you had this quote that um, every time, and I've heard you use it before too. And every time people have this kind of chuckle about it, uh, the Philip Yancey quote yeah. of. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing worse than disappointment with God is disappointment without God. Mm-hmm. I think there's a basic truth to that, but I, I want us to talk a little bit about that too. Once again, how have you seen that true maybe in your own life, but also, you know, you brought it up of uh, people you've known and mm-hmm. s- that you've had experiences with where they do just get so disappointed or so fed up mm-hmm. that they eventually get to a place where they say, I'm done with this and Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to re-preach the whole thing, but you know what no. I mean. So anything in that that you feel like I think there's probably stuff we can revisit in that where you've seen the truth of that statement. You got any thoughts on that? Well, I the thought I always have and I was thinking about this earlier today in again preparing to teach cuz I've got some teaching coming up and I think about people that I have known that inevitably when I get 
is I can be disappointed with what God decides not to do. And mm-hmm. as long as I'm still interacting with God, mm. that's, we can handle it. Yeah. But inevitably I have known, and I bet everybody who's joining in, if you, maybe not everybody, but most of us have known somebody that they go, no, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I don't, uh, God was supposed to this, God was supposed to that, and I believed that God would this and God would that, and then it didn't happen, and I'm just so disappointed. I've just given up on the whole idea of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I mean, I certainly have several people I can think of that way. Yeah. When it comes down to it, and if I talk to them about it, it's really at the heart of this series. And if I had to say what I wanted people to get out when we started teaching this and what I'm hoping people get through this at the end of it, it'd be this idea it really doesn't matter who you think God is. It is who God is mm-hmm. that matters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm disappointed with God, what is happening is there is a part of a scale that falls off of my eyes of yes. something I thought was true about God. He never told me it was true. true. That's there right. might have been a human that told me who was standing mm-hmm. speaking for God, and they were just wrong. Yeah. It might be the way I read a scripture and something in my life made me want to believe that that was the way that yeah. it should be. And again, I think there's been a lot of teaching in my lifetime, the amount of teaching that I have heard that faith is a power. Right. Faith is a yeah. power. And that you can, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. If, you know, whatever yeah. you can say, you can have. And we almost believe that I can put God in a box or I remember, and I'm going to talk about this Sunday, you get a little God and you just carry him around in your pocket. And anytime you need to whip it out, you just whip it out. I play the God card, man. I got faith. Mm -hmm. Eventually that does not work. No, it doesn't work for anybody. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you thought you could carry the God of the universe in your pocket and whip it out anytime you wanted to, to make it work. No wonder eventually that disappoints you. But that's not who he said he was. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a kid that thought, hey, my mom and dad promised me I'd get whatever I wanted for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's probably not what they said. Right. But I get that you as a kid thought that's, that's what you hoped that they would say. Mm-hmm. But they aren't wrong for you thinking that. Yeah. And I think I heard, uh, I think I heard Andy Stanley say this one time. That most, most of us who, turn, who get disappointed and walk away from God... We're not often walking away from God. We're walking away from a God that we thought existed. That's right. And when we found out that that God didn't exist, well, then I'm, I don't want, it's like I said on Sunday, I don't want that kind of God. Right. And so I, I go somewhere else. But what, what, like you said, what we're discovering is we're, we're getting closer and closer to the heart of who he really is. Yes. And sometimes that is a little disappointing. <laughs> well, and for the truth is that this is hard for everybody in our society to, and, I, and, and for people that are, would say they're followers of Jesus, if there is only one God and he revealed himself in Jesus, then any other concept you have about God is a false God. Yes. It's no different than any other God that's ever been made up right. and, and thought about. And when that God dies... He was never real anyway, and That's it's right. okay. That's right. And so when, yeah. I mean, everybody who believes in the God of Jesus is an atheist about every other God that ever existed. <laughs> yeah. I am an atheist about every God except the God of Jesus. Yes. I yeah. do not believe in any God but the God of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So on most gods, I'm yeah. atheistic. There you yeah. Go. yeah. And I think a lot of people 
who are still in that viewpoint. They just haven't gone through all the possible gods to get to the one. Mm-hmm. Well, and I yeah. think it is. I've had conversations with people, and, and mostly younger people on this, where they'll say something like, I'll say something about God or what God wants them to do. And they'll say, you know, that just doesn't feel like Jesus to me. And I said, well, that's a good line of questioning to go down because you should always balance everything through mm-hmm. who is Jesus. The bigger problem, though, is you don't know who Jesus is. Yes. And you think you know who Jesus is. And so you've created a version of Jesus mm-hmm. in yourself that is only love your enemies, but, had, but has not defined what love actually looks like, which True. sometimes includes having to tell people the truth you don't want to hear yeah. Yeah, or so that they don't want to hear. And, you know, that kind of thing where if you yeah. get to, yes, if love, because that's what everyone always says is, and I'm sure we have this, you know, we say love everyone always, right? That's our, yeah. what Jesus teaches us. And I have never had anyone ever go, nope, disagree with that. <laughs> but if we had an honest conversation about it, I'd get oh, nearly everybody to go, oh, well, yeah. I don't agree with that. That's I've right. had people in our church that when it comes down to it, there's somebody in their small group that they've gotten crosswise with yes. or their discipleship group. And they're wearing the t-shirt that says love everyone always. And when I say, well, this is where you practice what your t-shirt says. And well, but I don't love them. I know. Uh, yeah. So now you have to treat them like an enemy and you still have to love them because I ain't asking you to feel anything about right. them. <laughs> I'm asking you to do the proper behavior toward them. That's what Jesus would have us do. Yeah. Well, that's not what they thought the t-shirt meant. Right. Mm-hmm. Or what they thought following Jesus meant. And I think yeah. that gets to an even bigger thing. And maybe this gets to the disappointment part of it is I do think, and we've tackled this before, our view of Jesus came to get me to heaven is so dangerous for people who just think that's all Jesus came to do. He just mm-hmm. came to bring me to heaven. Also because we don't know what, they don't, we're not all talking about the same heaven because what most people think, the part they focus on on heaven is this idea of a pleasure factory where everything I've ever wanted to do or ever have happen in my life is going to happen in heaven. And so their idea when someone says, hey, Jesus came and you can have access to the kingdom of heaven, now they go, well, then that means whatever I wanted to yeah. have happen, this, my life should all only be pleasure and all this kind of stuff. It's so damaging when what Jesus came to bring is us being able to cooperate with God fully. Like that's, He came for us for in every to have a relationship where we could cooperate with God in every moment well, that doesn't sound like an intense pleasure factory all the time. And yeah. so I might hear that and go, well, then that's not what I signed up for. Yeah, when and Jesus, it may not when Jesus said, I came to give you life abundant, we have a whole other definition yes. of what abundant life looks like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I, this may get us too far off track. And I don't, but I'm, I'm a fan of the show The Good Place, though I would not... Oh, I wouldn't yeah. uphold all of its value. Of so not. if you haven't watched The Good Place, <laughs> it's, a, it's about heaven. Right, yeah. And the part I love about it is how the show winds up ending, so I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But it plays out, in my opinion, that natural conclusion of if heaven is a pleasure factory, Mm. the end of that story is where that eventually leads. Right. Which is everybody goes, hmm, this is not what I... Yeah. I I just... I would rather be annihilated. Right. Mm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you probably would. Because (laughs) if everybody was getting... What they want. It's the old Far Side cartoon that it's the guy who's sitting on the cloud and he's been there for ten thousand years now and he, he's just sitting on a cloud and he goes, "Wish I'd brought a magazine." Yeah, <laughs> you know, because that gets pretty boring if yep. you know if, if that's what it is. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, heaven's not about us. Right. Right. Heaven's about God. <laughs> exactly. And that's what. And again, I don't want to get off into another topic, but that's why 
for mm-hmm. a lot of people say, why would God not let everyone go to heaven? Well, because not everyone wants God. Yes. Like, you know, you, you got to have your want changed or, or else heaven's going to be miserable for you. you well, and that is... That's, that's Dallas's only answer. Dallas will learn yeah. again. His answer was, God's going to let everyone in heaven who can possibly stand it. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, and that ultimately is what, what life is and, and the discipleship process. It is training. It is training me to become the kind of person who enjoys the presence of God and wants to be in the presence of God and... That, so to get back to your uh, the the original quote from uh, Philip Yancey of the disappointment with or without mm-hmm. God, most often we think disappointment of any kind that God would never allow anything to happen to disappoint me because He's trying to get me to heaven. Why wouldn't He just take me now? Because yeah. I'll never feel any kind of disappointment. Well, maybe the reason I'll never feel disappointment in heaven is because I have changed. Yes. Right? And that maybe there are things that happen in this life and that the disappointment that happens within me, like you said, if I stick it out with God, God eventually will get me to the other side of, hey, I have better in mind for you. Mm-hmm. I have I have other things that are that are that we're moving forward with this, but when we have the wrong narrative in our head of the point of life mm-hmm. and the point of following Jesus, it does eventually lead to the thing you talked about of uh that that God's a little God in my pocket and he's here to serve me and to figure out what I, what I want in life. Because in the end I'm going to my personal paradise. (laughs) Jesus did say you will be in paradise, but he didn't say it was your personal paradise or whatever that looks. Yeah. I get why some people hold so hard onto this life. They've had it pretty good in this life sure, and they can't imagine anything better. Well, that's the problem. They can't imagine mm-hmm. anything better. Maybe well, that's need, my problem. Maybe need to work that's on all your of our imagination. Problems. That's mm-hmm. all of our problems. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so. Absolutely. Well, that's all I had for all right, man. I thought it was great. All right. Ed, you are going to wrap us up today. All right. I have a... What do you have for us? Let me get us? it back on my phone here because I looked up a scripture there, which was really more important than what I'm going to do here. But Absolutely. We'll to I'm going to ask you guys questions. Okay. And I have one in my mind, so I'm just going to go ahead and we'll start with this one instead of letting y'all pick. All right. All right. And while I get go the ahead. rest of them back up. If you were to tell somebody your absolute favorite candy in the world, because I'm trying to get y'all some candy, like somebody watching might bring you candy. Okay. Nice. What, what is your favorite wow. candy of all time? Wow. Mm. You got to be selective on this. I know. If, we're, if I'm getting them. I know. <laughs> I can't promise you anybody. No, they may not, of course not. They may not care about it. Okay. But. I can narrow it down to a couple. Because I'm thinking in my mind, I've been missing the movie theater. I have a feeling movie theaters aren't coming back. I know to I know to uh, hurt everyone's that's, feelings. That's I mean, a long shot. when I say everyone's feelings, since no one was really going to the movie that's theaters right. except for well, me. Well, you know who it does hurt? People who went to Ashley Park. Oh yeah. Well, well I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I just meant. I meant my personal experience movie of going theater. to the movie might not be yeah. exactly the same, and so. Uh, my movie theater candies were uh, Milk Duds. I'm mm. a big Milk Dud guy. Twizzlers. I know most people ain't about Twizzlers, but mm-hmm. I like Twizzlers. Mm, and some good. kind of like Sour Patch Kids, something like that. Uh, so yeah. any so of those. So you didn't have one? No. Okay. Any of those, though. If you're bringing me some, All right. that's yeah. what I want. I, I'm, I'm not as much of a candy guy as I am. Like a more, I, I like desserts, but I tend to like anything with caramel in it. That's that's like my go-to thing. Almost anything. Which milk has, does fits that. It does, that. but yeah, that I shouldn't have said that. Well, that's it's pure my, caramel, so it gets stuck in your teeth. I get yeah, that. I that's love what, caramel that, too. That's hard for a lot of people. I just love it. I love but, the so pure, like Snickers. 
Uh, honestly, Milky Way with mm. the with the just the they, they have one that's called caramel? the Simply Caramel Milky Way. One. That's like my my. That's have my you had the caramel M and M's? I like. There's M and M's that have like caramel them. in them. They're okay. Okay, I like. Okay. Them. I like them. I I love caramel too. In fact, one of the things when I was growing up uh, on. Halloween that some people would give out would be, you know, they'd just make those bags of caramel and you'd go to some people and then maybe this changed. Some people would make caramel apples, but then you buy the bags of caramel that mm -hmm. are just the little cubes of caramel. And some oh, people oh, would give yeah. you eight or ten of those. I, used to I eat those, love like crazy those things. When I was a and kid. occasionally they would have a chocolate one in there too, and hmm. it would be great too. So Sweet. I love those as well. Uh, yeah. So there you go. All right. What's the best? comedy movie you've ever seen oh wow man. i'm not wow. a big comedy movie guy so i'm just going to admit that up front i'm not anymore i was when i was younger um i don't know because my you know comedy i'll just say this too comedy doesn't age well so things that <laughs> were funny true. in the 80s and i don't even just mean like yeah. political correctness i just mean timing doesn't work the same the kind of humor doesn't change mm -hmm. so people will regularly come to me and be like oh have you seen this steve martin movie and yeah. i have Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't just doesn't work as well. Well, I'll tell you a movie that you and I saw when you were young. It was a, you and I were on a trip to Arizona. Yeah, you went with me uh, to a trip that I had to go on, and you traveled with me, and we saw Dodgeball sure. on that trip, and sure. we were one of the few people, in the, and we both laughed our yeah. heads off. Yeah, mm. uh, that's probably one of the best in movie comedy. Mm -hmm. That and Meet the Parents which I don't watch a lot of comedy movies. Those are the two I remember being in the theater, and I'm loud anyway. Yeah. I was laughing super <laughs> loud. I, when I was probably in high school, I think that's probably when this movie came out, um, me and my buddies watched this movie and laughed probably harder than any movie. It was Raising Arizona. Oh, oh I, used to, I used to love I that I could movie. quote I, the thing when I, I was a kid. I haven't watched it yeah. in a long, And long we watched time. it over and over because there was a lot of uh, – it was a lot of just deadpan sure. kind of humor in there. Just these one-liners that they would say, and it we we go around saying them all the time. And I just remember quoting that movie constantly. So it's hard for me to say what would probably be the funniest. I really, honestly, the ones I probably go to the most are the Twenty-One and Twenty-Two Jump Street movies with Channing Tatum and Jonah. <laughs> I also I think those laughed a lot at those movies. But too. I think the one that stands the the most test to me, just in how prescient it was, is a super filthy movie. But oh, Walk yeah. Hard. The Dewey Cox story. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. that yet. Okay, it's a it's, it's a parody it? no, of it may not it probably has not aged well at all either. But anytime I watch like I just watched the Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen yep. movie, I cannot watch one of those and not I, I can't enjoy them because they all follow the exact formula that movie has, where it starts at the greatest moment of their thing and it's they're trying to find you know Dewey Cox, Dewey Cox, and he's sitting he's it sitting up against the wall. Back to their yeah, and he goes he goes son. Dewey Cox has to think about his entire life before he plays a rock and roll show. <laughs> and then it flashes back to him being a kid, which is how all those movies start, right? The Bohemian Rhapsody starts yep. at, at Band-Aid and it's like a whole, you know, anyway. That's true. But all those, I watched the, the Rocket Man one, which I actually kind of liked the Rocket Man. I thought it Rocket was, Man was better than Bohemian Rhapsody, which I know one particular member of our family would, yeah, would not be yeah, happy really about. Really like But it, she's not watching the podcast. So right. <laughs> but I thought the Elton John, because it was more like a musical and was a little more, it did didn't fit in the thing. But anyway, that wasn't the question. The, one of those was probably the things I laugh at the most. All right, now, now and now I, we'll, we'll end on a serious question. Oh, boy. Oh. Okay, so if you could change one thing that is happening in our world, what would you change? Ooh. 
I don't know. Our, our, our answers are probably going to be very similar. Yeah. I, th- I think certainly all the, for me, all the racial injustice yeah. that's going on in our world and all the, all the brokenness that's going on. I mean, you know, and my hope is in the kingdom of God that's going to do that and going to um, bring justice to those that are hurting, bring comfort to those that are hurting, and to build a world where those things don't happen. I, I, to, I, I would say the same thing, but this was sort of a tangential issue that I think gets to a heart of a lot of issues like that. And I was just having this conversation with someone just this week. Um, I wish we could talk to each other. And what I mean by that is I feel like right now in our world, we, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of people that have good intentions. And I think most people, not all, but most people come at whatever their opinion is about whatever issue it is that's out there in our world. They, they really do have a desire to make things better and to fix the wrongs. Sure. I, I do believe that most people have that as their core. And so there's two people that want what's, and what's best for people. They, they've come at it from two different angles, and yet they, they can't ever seem to get to that point where we are fighting for the same things. We just we can't seem to talk to each other in a way that ever moves the ball forward. It's like I, I sense that we all seem to enjoy talking past each other, and it's almost mm-hmm. the thing of if, if I get my opinion out on you and I can one-up you and make you look bad, make you look wrong, then I've somehow accomplished something, but we haven't. Because we all know that nothing gets accomplished in our world, and, that, and back to your question, nothing changes in our world until we actually start to communicate about the thing and try to figure out what we have in common and how we can move forward. And that that's sad to me. And it makes me not, and this is partially my fault, it makes me not even want to engage uh, sometimes with people because I feel like what good is it going to do um, no matter who's right, who's wrong, it just it just doesn't seem to ever that doesn't seem to ever change. And I wish mm. that were different, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's good answers, both of them, really good answers. I wouldn't have much different than either one of those. Those are definitely it. Mine is all. I love the church. I've always loved the church. The church has consumed my life and my passion. I believe it is still the hope of the world, yep. but. Um, I, I wish I, I hope that the church can give up some really treasured things for the sake of mm. moving toward what Jesus would have the church do. Mm. And I really believe that there's a chance with everything that's happening in our world that uh, followers of Jesus are going to step to the forefront. And, and by that, I mean not, not church people and not people that uh, claim the name Christian, but people who really are following Jesus and are going to step forward and we're going to move toward what he would have do because he's he's definitely walking one direction, mm-hmm. um, and what is in heaven mm-hmm. is going to be on the earth. Yep. Yep. I mean that one is true, another. and we should be praying for it. And I should be asking myself all the time: Am I working toward what is going on in heaven? Mm-hmm. Because that's my call uh, as a follower of Christ is to try to be bringing heaven to earth not trying to get more people to heaven and becoming the kind of person mm-hmm. that would enjoy it when it's here yeah As, you know yeah. to get that back one, to your that other, once it happens yeah. i'm going to enjoy it because there's i think there's a huge possibility for many of us that 
that have call ourselves Christians and are yeah. involved in that thing. And because going back to the heaven thing, the goal is not all of us go up there, but that heaven's coming down here. There's mm-hmm. a new heaven. Heaven and a is new definitely earth. coming down here. And so <laughs> this idea of when it finally comes down here, I may go, oh. Yeah, well, back back to what you said earlier. If if we don't learn how to love and be with people that look, think, and act differently than we do, heaven's going to be really tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the sad things when anytime somebody says, Christians in America supported this political thing, what right. I know they mean is they mean white Christians. Yeah. And what I have learned in the last bit of being open to pray for anybody is that most people who are open to be prayed for, they ain't white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't, mm-hmm. they may not even speak English. Sure. And I often have to use a translation to uh, <laughs> pray with them. But there are a lot of people that are very, very interested in God and uh, who didn't vote the way that we all, that <laughs> everybody yeah. thinks Christians <laughs> voted. Whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, whatever, whatever that means. And that the majority of Christians on this planet do not live in the United States. Yes. Right. The vast majority of Christians on this planet are don't not, look like us. Are not white evangelical Christians. <laughs> and yes. they do not care about our political no, issues. they do not. Mm-hmm. They aren't consuming any time with it. And the kingdom of God is coming in places that gave up on political issues a mm-hmm. long, long mm-hmm. time ago. Yes. Reminds me of that that documentary you and I both love on YouTube that's showing the, the, the church in Iran right yeah, now and where, how it's exploding. Where our Christians, Christians in this country, would have us believe it's being overrun by Muslims, and the truth is yes. mosques are being emptied by the kingdom of God Absolutely. because people stopped giving. They gave up on political stuff a long time mm-hmm. ago. Yep, yep. And they see the value of the kingdom coming to bear in this world. Sure. You know, it, and, it's, and it's, it's where finally they, they've realized that that goal is not getting us there anymore. Yep. It never was. What's well, we that just, thing of weakness we were talking about? Once you don't have any power and in those political arenas, they told people a long time ago, yeah. we don't care what you think, but still in this country because we think, I got a right to have my say. Mm-hmm. We haven't submitted what I should be saying to the power of God. I just say whatever I want to say yeah. mm-hmm. and say what everybody who was around me said and said what my parents said and said what everybody I think looks like me says instead mm-hmm. of saying what I think Jesus would say. Yeah. But when you don't have a right to say anything, you go, well, if I'm going to change things here, I better get about something that could really change it, which turns out to be God. Yes. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right, that's good enough. Well, well, we could keep going on that for yeah. a long time, but we won't. So hope it was worth your time. Glad y'all were here today. Thank you guys for joining in. See you next time. See ya.